All right. Welcome, everybody, to the PNTT podcast. This is Coach McVicker of Inglewood Igloo Makers. And today I am joined for the first time on the podcast, Coach of Oakland Oat Farmers, Coach R. Habaker. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, McVicker. I'm excited to be here. And I know my team's a mouthful, but you nailed it. So great job. <laughs> awesome. All right. Coach uh, R. Habaker is one of the coaches that I've recruited to the game. And it's really just a blast to see him take uh, a team that had a history of not performing too great and to bring it to where it's already at. But that's all we're going to talk about for him now because he'll have his own podcast talked about later. Today, we are going to talk about the McMinn group consisting of Ann Arbor, Honolulu, Rochester, and Ocala. Okay, so... Let's go through these teams one at a time. Looking at Ann Arpers, the former champs from last season, had a tear down the NTT past. And yes, I am still bitter that they beat me. <laughs> and I have not gotten over it, uh, especially because we lost the 1-1 class and brought in a whole heap of garbage. Um, so uh, I will be bitter for a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to talk about Ann Arbor and who they brought in and who they lost. So graduated the 3723 class and brought in the 7387. Now, um, if you were to just look at their last year's stats, McMinn, the group's namesake, William McMinn, is on the bench, but he actually did play a lot of minutes. Um, and he did start all through the NTT. So um not the greatest of players, but he he stepped up where he needed to. My guess is maybe he had some good defense um, in there. I mean, he did pretty well against us um, and had some good passing too. So he maybe another glue guy, but um, no real starters that they graduated. Caden gathers is my, in my eyes was going to be the biggest pain for them losing, but he sat the bench the entire time uh, as a college player after scoring 26 points in college or in high school on 66.4% true shot. I I don't really know. He obviously wasn't really performing in college, uh, but who knows whether that's some untapped potential or, I mean, I mean, who are we to, to say anything about Ann Arbor, their, their stats, their pedigree over the last five years uh, speaks for itself. So they knew what they were doing. Um, So, other than that, Ann Arbor brings back their starting five from last season. They have Michael Doherty, a just a beast of a point guard, followed by the scoring tall guy, Jimmy Henry, but at small forward. And then all-star player, Eric Frick, um, who is just a, a complete beast, averaging 26.8 points, 61% true shot. Um, the team they bring in or the players they bring in not anything to be super excited about. You see some hands in Ryan Phyllis. You see, yeah, that's about it. You got some stealing, some athleticism from Merlin Coart. Um, but really, they might have just been looking to replace some of those benches. And I know that they missed out on at least, if not all their maxes, um, most of their maxes. I know they were on Charles Atchison with me. Um, and Charles went somewhere else. So, um, but they're looking to be like a really good team. I kind of just run it back. Coach, what are, what are you thinking about here when you're looking at a number? 
Yeah, I think, you know, you said a lot of what I had on my mind, you know, going back to Caden Gathers, I think the reason he is on the bench is because of Michael Doherty, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy is an absolute stud and there just wasn't room for Caden and really Caden didn't start at all uh, throughout his college career. And part of that is because Michael came in right after him. So I don't think he's going to miss too much there. I think Ryan Phyllis will be a nice fill in for Mm -hmm. Caden, given the assists. He'll have to tone down those turnovers a little bit. But again, he's probably not going to be playing more than 10 minutes a game based on Caden's uh, pass. And then the other two, Harrison Williams and Merlin, I don't think there's anything really there, but that's okay. They're going to be bench roles. It's it's amazing to me, too, just seeing, uh, you know, Coach, looks like Coach Bradley there. Mm-hmm. What's he got? Two NTTs in the past five years. He misses on his recruits, I would imagine, his mm-hmm. his maxes, and still brings in a 73-87 class, which... Mm just shows the depth that he is recruiting at and still finding players that, although are not up to his standards and his, his team standards, he's still going to be able to plug and play those guys and still fit in his system pretty nice. So yeah. I still like his chances. I mean, he's got, for his starters, they're young besides Michael, and those guys are just massive, right? Jimmy yeah. Henry, Tristan Rice, I'm not sure too much about, but him and Eric, Jimmy and Eric, rather, are, are just absolute studs that will be uh, carrying his team for the next three years here yeah it's crazy it's always great to have a one-one class but when that one-one class consists of three big guys it's just nuts um okay and also i realized i misspoke they did not bring in the 7387 they brought in the 179 that makes more sense it makes a lot more sense i was gonna say how are these how are these freshmen i was confused but i I wasn't gonna question the (laughs) That may okay. So I gave a, little, a little too much credit. I was in there last year's stats, but <laughs> regardless, I still feel confident with his coaching ability, uh, yeah. given what he's done in the past, you know, I five think years. they stay out of foul trouble. They'll, they'll roll again. Um, so let's go ahead and look at the next team, Honolulu Orcas. Uh, last year they graduated the seven 14 class. And brought in a 137-167. So definitely it did not replace a really solid class that consisted of Brandon Wright, their point guard with 18 points, 60% true shot, really solid steals, really solid assists, just a really awesome point guard. Um, and then it looks like they've just missed, they missed out on height. They're missing height. And so they had a 6'5 uh Aaron Peterson who is switching between shooting guard or backup center. <laughs> which <laughs> it's a lot to ask for some, from somebody um but you know it is what it is and then their backup point guard was the other senior so uh, a lot of or really high ranked class but only one of them played a lot of minutes i mean aaron peterson definitely got some time uh and a lot towards the middle of the season he played backup power forward backup center in the beginning had a stint where he played shooting guard and they just didn't lose until they played Yakima, who is a, a really solid team in game 19. Uh, and coach um, of Honolulu decided that they would Lockster would keep going for that for a little bit uh, until it just didn't work out. They lost in, in the tournament and then they dropped him back down to backup center and won two games. So uh, it's sure it's an undersized center, but it is what it is. They bring in, um, not the best class looking, but looking at all these guys, they're, they're solid players. They're all in the lower to middle teens of game scores. 
You've got, you know, a decent amount of scoring from 6-3 Antonio Ashworth. I remember seeing him. He's got solid hands, decent scoring, a little bit underside small forward, so maybe moving him to a different position um, unlocks him a little bit more. The other guys uh, have really good assists. Their assist-to-turnover ratio isn't the best, but it is really, really solid, especially when you consider Christopher Stone at point guard. is a really solid player. He's not shooting super well, but he can pass and he can defend. So it's a really solid player. Good uh, attempt, even though they probably missed out on their max ties. That's a good, solid backup power, backup point guard, and if need be, can play point guard as well. He can pass, he can uh, protect the ball decently well, and then he can get some steals in. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to say about Honolulu, but coach, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't want to be uh, negative here. The things that I'm concerned with is, you know, last year, as you mentioned, they had their shooting guards playing center, and I don't see really where they address that issue. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're going to be in the same boat. Maybe, you know, I don't know Ibrahim just because he's tall, but uh, certainly defense is probably an issue with mm-hmm. him, which is why he's playing small forward. Shot is not good. So he's not going to get you the points and really rebound wise. He's not, he's not doing that either. Right. So right. he's just out there for hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who else you're going to have to roll again with uh, Israel Sawyer. Mm-hmm. who, I mean, 12 and a half points, but again, eight and a, eight point eight rebounds, mm-hmm. two block or I'm sorry. Yeah. Two blocks. So not terrible, but mm-hmm. there's just no one behind him. Right. And so you look right. at who he's bringing in. Caleb is uh six, eight. He's got 5.6 rebounds, six assists mm-hmm. and two turnovers and a block. Yeah. I don't think that's, going to be the guy you want but i think he's gonna have to roll with it obviously yeah. i think i i wonder honestly because that because caleb in high school is playing small forward right so 5.6 rebounds isn't bad no and six 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 honestly it's just a smaller maybe maybe more talented version of ibrahim and it ibrahim mm-hmm. and it allows ibrahim to go and play backup center which is what they need the biggest pain point is that they lost their top score and they didn't replace it. So I remember maxing out Israel Sawyer myself and dropping out of him after I realized how big of a tie he was, but he was scoring 17.6 points in, in high school at 57, 58% true shot. Um, so my hope for them would that uh, you bring in Caleb Antone uh, at small forward, maybe bring Ibrahim down to backup power forward. I don't know if they have any other pure shooters um, on the bench. Is Albert Thomas a good shot? No, I don't know. It, they're going to have to find points and they're going to have to find it somewhere. Um, I think they've got the hands to help them with it. It doesn't take a bunch of excellent shots to make a good team. Um, if you have a bunch of hands and some good shot, I, you can put together a really solid team. I don't know if that's going to win you a championship, but it's going to it's going to put together something that's really competitive. And they've got the hands, and so now can they just put together a team composition that deals with the uh, their lack of scoring? I don't know. That's that's what they have to figure out. I do like William Wilkins. If they give him some more minutes, if you look at his high school stats, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, seventeen and a half points a game. Yeah. 
eight rebounds playing power forward. So, I mean, that's bound to go down, but one steal, one block and 1.7 turnovers. So true shot, 58%. I mean, this guy is going to take a leap for this team. They're going to have to, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you plug and play him right at the shooting guard with Peterson, uh, you know, moving on. And so I'm curious to see if between Wilkins, Mobley and Sawyer, if they can continue to, uh, you know, maintain the success they had. The other thing that I think is a silver lining for this team is uh, uh, Coach Locksters has a great opportunity with this now senior class not being really active, right? You've got David Drew on the uh, NA, you've got Justin Smith on the NA, and then the other senior would be Mobley. So really, you, you get a chance to go after probably some some high ties if you want to get risky or um, yeah, just find some good scouted players and yeah. and take a chance. Right. I mean, that's the kind of nice part about having a class. that's not as good that you need to replace is you can get a little bit more risky. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and look at Rochester. Our next team here last year, they graduated the 87, 88 class, and then they brought in the 28, 25 class. So definitely brought in a much better team or much better set of, of recruits here. Only one of that senior class was a starter, and that's Brendan Martinez, was scoring 19 points. So their second, their number two scorer there with some solid steals, decent rebounding from a 6'5 shooting guard. Um, but they definitely, I mean, they definitely replaced him in Cody Moss, uh, 6'3 small forward. I remember looking at him as a potential uh, going after him last season. Really solid hands. Uh and only 1.3 turnovers as a small forward is really, really solid. 57% true shot. They essentially return uh, a class that, you know, took them on the number 60 all over or PR and 58th in the NTT um, and re- brought back some better talent. So, yeah, what are, what are you seeing here, Coach, on on their outlook for the next season? Yeah, again, this is a team that, like you said, really isn't losing a ton. You're losing Martinez, which, as we talked about, Cody Moss should be a plug-and-play. Cody's true shot's great. His field goal percentage is a little bit uh, lower than you would like at 46.9. But, Mm -hmm. again, he's only a freshman. He can certainly be working on that, considering where Brendan Martinez finished at 49.2 and really a lower true shot overall. And then – the other area that you're looking is Harrison Clark at a backup shooting guard playing six minutes. I'm not concerned about trying to replace that with either Tanner or depending on uh, if he wants to move around some of those bench guys at all. So yeah. I like, I like where he sits, uh, you know, Jimmy Neutron, of course, love the name, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's in a good position here to you know build on what he did last year, giving that he isn't replacing a ton. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that they just, I mean, as the, as the recruiting shows, I think they just improved. I don't know if it's, I don't know if Cody Moss just unlocks getting outside of that small forward position, right? Six, three as a small forward is just way too small. Um, They have a lot of options. What I love about this team is they have a lot of options with height. They brought in another six, nine guy. So they have three, six, nines, one, six, 11. Um, and so, you know, do we move around? Does oh, wow? Does look like oh, man? Can Alexander Roundtree play point guard? And you know, Matthew Harris play small forward. 
Uh, I don't know. There's there's some yeah. options there, and that's what I love. When you have a team that has a lot of options to be able to move players around and see where Cody Moss really just shines, does he play point guard? Does he play shooting guard? Um, I really wouldn't throw a 6-3 at small forward in this league, but you have Matthew Harris, Alexander, uh, Leonardo Charles all can play you know, the, the number three, four, you know, one, two, three, Matthew Harris probably playing four, two a little, but, um, you have a lot of options now in this group specifically, you just have so much competition. I don't know if that's going to be enough, but they're definitely going to be, uh, you can't count them out. You can't come out. All right. So let's look at Ocala. Ocala graduated the 60, 76 class and brought in the 121-140. So missed out on some max ties, most likely. Uh, the guys that they brought in, uh, defensive passers. I mean, you have Adrian Kelly, 7-2, turn uh rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.1 steals, 4.8 blocks, and 1.5 turnovers from center. So he's got... He's got a really nice defending, uh, defending the rim center right there. The other two guys, uh, I really only like Jordan Fowler there. Uh, Danithy Phillips could maybe play some small forward. He doesn't have the athleticism or the rebounding, but he's got some solid passing. Um, I would put him at like a back backup small forward. Uh, Jordan Fowler. If he needs the height, looks to be have a decent rebounding and some decent athleticism. So we could see where those where those actually turn out at. Um, otherwise, they graduated. They're two big guys, right? So Thomas Conroy, Fernando Davis, they successfully replaced him, right? So you have you you lost four four total blocks between those two of those and you just brought in get a, a dude who gets five. So um, while the class rankings, not that great, the role players, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have great hands. Don't have great points. If you don't have great hands and you don't have great points, the magazines just are not going to get, get you that high, right? You have to have some sort of offense or you're just not going to have a high class rating. Uh, in my personal experience. And so th- this team doesn't, these three don't really have that, but they have the defense and they have the rebound and they have the height. So I think he did what he needed to do. What do you, what do you think coach? Yeah, I think Adrian Kelly is certainly someone that you plug and play for Fernando. Uh, I think given the defense, that's, that's more than fine. He's not going to get you the points, but the rebound should be there. And again, he's locking down the paint. Ethan Clark is an interesting one for me. Uh, the, freshman last year now sophomore that was playing backup power forward I think he's someone that's bound to take a jump if you look at his per 30 minute stats uh you know averaging 14 points uh 56 percent true shot so I think getting some of that offense into the game would be helpful and potentially Daniel Short I know that he's pretty set on guards but being 6'5 do you play around a little bit with uh Austin Martell I'm not sure, but again, there's options, something that we've talked about with the other teams too. And that's really all you can ask. But as as far as the class goes, definitely addressing the issues and the role players that he needed to, as he's losing, like you said, his bigs there. Right. All right. So let's look at the um, group in total. Uh, You have to, 
either have the best record uh, to get into the playoffs or there is the cheese clause, which I'm not sure if I'm super correct here, but I think it's you have to have four wins and a plus 20 margin is, I believe, the cheese clause to get you into the playoffs. Um, I think Ann Arbor takes this group, not only because I think they're the best team, even though they didn't bring in the best class. I still think they're the best team. They're obviously coming off a championship. They don't lose that much. They bring back their still 1-1 class with Michael Doherty. The main thing is, is what they drew for the other three teams they have to play on schedule. Um, at least looking at their power rankings, aren't that difficult. Comparative to what the other groups have to play. So Ann Arbor has Albuquerque, Twin Falls, and Lincoln. All three good programs, but um, Albuquerque looks like a solid team, but definitely beatable. Twin Falls has that 2-3 junior class and brought in a solid set of freshmen. Um, So we'll have to see how those two, um, how those new freshmen play together, Um, including Charles Atchison. So Ann Arbor, have fun with that. Um, And then Lincoln, which is, you know, not the best team. They've got a solid class of seniors, but it's not the hardest schedule compared to when you're looking at Honolulu. They have to take on Flagstaff as well as St. Petersburg and South Bend, all Flagstaff and South Bend, even PV Burton on St. Petersburg, all really solid coaches. And then Rochester has to take on Nashville, Syrup, our own coach V, uh, Dearborn. So Nashville's ranked seven, Dearborn, and number three, Waterloo. And then, that, Oca- yeah, it's just... That's a tough, tough schedule. Dearborn... Yeah isn't as good i think as the record may show if you go look they lost a 2-3 class mm. i'm sorry they lost a 35-22 class they're now seniors are 213 but yeah. they brought in a 218-210 class I so that. <laughs> that's eerily similar to what you're doing but yes yeah. certainly not not an easy schedule for any other teams but ann arbor it certainly has the easiest road, plus probably right. the best team to go along with that. Right. And then Ocala, yeah, Ocala has to go through Montpelier, Fremont. So Montpelier is solid, Fremont solid. He's in our conference. And then Duluth, who might not be the highest ranked, but they did just pull in the number one recruited in 18-18 tie at Reveal. I have no idea what it was when it gets, but like, oh welcome back, Porter. Yes, you are back to winning insane ties. Uh, for Jalen Abbott, who was a 6'11", 22.2 points a game on 65% true shot with 10 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.1 steals, and three blocks. Like, yeah, I mean, he can carry the team himself. So I think Ann Arbor gets off this um, pretty easy. I would say pretty high percentage of the time. They, they walk out of this group at the top. I wouldn't be surprised if either Rochester or Honolulu make the cheese clause. Yeah, I could see Rochester for sure. Honolulu. Um, yeah, I, I think they're up there, but I would probably have Rochester over Honolulu. Yeah, for sure. All right. Any passing or parting thoughts on this group? No, I mean, I think not that we want to continue to talk to, about Ann Arbor because I've only <laughs> been in this for four years and quite frankly, I'm sick of seeing them at the top, but <laughs> that means they're doing something good. Right. And so, right. you know, I don't mean to continue to, to beat a dead horse for, but uh, 
they're the top ranked team in this uh, group for a reason. And so we continue to see that happen. I love it. All right. Thanks for listening.